Artcentric Podcast with Rafi and Klee. Hola, you amazing artist. It's Rafi and Klee. And today we are going to talk about setting boundaries. Boundaries. Setting boundaries as an artist. And the reason that we're talking about this particular topic specifically for, you know, being an artist is that a lot of times we are dealing with, um, when you're an artist, you're dealing with family members, friends, uh, colleagues, uh, and other people that maybe don't understand what you do, what you do. And unfortunately for a lot of us, a lot of times we have to educate some people in exactly what it is that we do as artists. Right. And that doesn't necessarily mean being over explaining about what you do because no one cares as much as we do about what we're doing. Right. But it does mean to be clear, you know, being clear about what you can do and what you can't do. And for anybody that's listening to this at home, we have our amazing rogues here with us. So if you hear us reading comments, that's what we're doing is reading their brilliance uh, through the chat box. Um, so thank you, Kyle, for being here. I am not actually here. This is a bot. Just kidding. Narf. <laughs> <laughs> Narf. Oh, my God. I haven't heard Narf in a long time. I know, right? Uh, yeah, and Esther and Diane and Rachel and Everett are here. So thank you guys so much for being here. Um, yeah, boundaries. I feel like this is a relevant time of year to discuss boundaries because this is the time of year where old friends and acquaintances might come out of the woodwork. Um, the old friends that time forgot. Your old, your bandmates might want to get the band back together. Um, your colleagues and associates and peers might be organizing and planning for their year and that might involve you. We've, and so we've really, we've really, um, because it's something that we're focused on last year, you know, that a lot of you guys know the story. And if you haven't heard it last year, it, towards the beginning of the year, we had moved, um, to a new city, got a new house and started uh, a new life, you know, uh, after being in one location for a little over 10 years, um, basically we were moving not just the location where we lived, but our entire art business that we had built from the ground up. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and getting a new house and renovating and stuff like that and getting familiarized with the new community. What we found was that um, we had not set any boundaries, not with the new community and, you know, new boundaries with the old, um, way of doing things and the old community and stuff, or even with family, family, very excited because we had just moved. Want to um, come stay immediately. Want to come stay immediately. <laughs> but we, we found ourselves getting overwhelmed by the amount of pressure that we were getting and feeling like you're being, um, stretched thin, right? You're being pulled in several different directions because uh, people want things from you and you don't have the ability to be able to fulfill all of those things. And it's a, it's an emotional hurdle when you end up putting yourself in a place where you're not setting those boundaries. Mm -hmm. 
You know, Esther says, boundaries are usually things I have to set against my me, myself, and I. Correct. <laughs> yes. It really is an agreement you make with yourself first and foremost. And um, one of the most prominent reasons that we don't set boundaries, I think, is because we're afraid to upset other people or let them down. But ultimately, as we're probably going to discuss at great length, it's the healthiest thing to do. It really is the healthiest thing to do. And the thing is that, like, with everybody that you interact with, right? So, like, let's say you're an artist and you're um, younger and you're living at home with your parents, right? There are certain relationships that you have with your parents. You know, that's one version of a relationship where those boundaries are different than the boundaries you would set with someone else, mm -hmm. right? Now, they're all pretty much the same, but you your way of approaching it is slightly different, you know? And it really depends because one thing that I've noticed is boundaries are a little bit harder to set with people that feel entitled to your time, right? And this could be this could be family, this could be your parents, this could be um siblings, a, it could a boss. It could be a boss, it could be friends. It could be anybody that is basically saying like, well, you need to blah, 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 blah. Or the very uh, fun, we need to blah, 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 blah. That's yeah. that's one of those things that I've developed with or that I've noticed with my family. Uh, my dad in particular would constantly say like, we need to go and blah, 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 blah. And I was like... That's a trigger for me also. It doesn't really matter who it comes from, but the whole we need to X, Y, and Z to something that I never agreed to or signed up for is definitely a trigger. Now, the problem is that when you're not noticing it, when you don't notice it, when you don't stop and pay attention, um, that's just a normal way of interacting with people. We need to blah, 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 blah. And it wasn't until later when we were, um, or you know, back when we were living with my dad, uh, helping him through heart surgery, that it really dawned on me. And finally, like I started you know, responding with who's we, who's this we that we're, you're talking about, because right. I know that you want to do this thing, but, but we're, like, we're not your indentured servant. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not an extra head that's growing out of your shoulder or anything like that. Like you, you are your own person. Diane said, my problem is setting boundaries with the people in my head. They want too much. And I'm only one person setting realistic boundaries with my own ambitions is the most difficult. Oh, that, and that's, that's Great. important. That's something that we're going to talk about here because yeah. I would say that, um, I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay at setting boundaries with other people. Um, I'm, I'm pretty protective of my time. Uh, but I know that when it, it's very easy to, convince yourself that something is majorly important um, and you don't set those boundaries with yourself, mm -hmm. right? Uh, one of the big tests that I'm doing right now, I don't know if um, any of you have noticed that we haven't really posted very much uh, anywhere. We haven't posted anywhere, not social media, not YouTube, not anywhere and some people have uh, found it very um, unnerving. Yeah, they find it unnerving. <laughs> but that pretty much was a test for me as far as my boundaries, right? Because whenever you're doing something consistently, it is very easy to lose sight of your reasoning behind it. And for example, something like posting on social media or something, there's so much 
crap out there about being consistent and you got to post at this time, you know, between these times and this times and this has to look like this and your thumbnails should be like this and blah, 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 right? And it's very easy for your mind to justify the gilded cage that you put yourself in when it comes to that kind of thing, right? We're running an art business. We need to be able to show the world what it is that we're creating either in person or uh, virtually online. And if you're not sharing your stuff, right, the the boundary that hasn't that that I'm working on now, if you're not sharing your stuff, then you become forgotten. Right. Because that's that's the the obsolete. Yeah. Irrelevant. <clears throat> All the, all the descriptors, all the descriptors. And that's, that's the really popular thing on there. What I'm starting to realize is that people's lives don't revolve around you and your posting schedule, nor should they, right? They're, they're happy when you post, right? And, you know, but the thing is, there's a big difference between sharing stuff online or sharing your time with somebody in person because you want to versus you have to. And honestly, it's a very fine line that separates those two. Um, and you have to always, always be careful that your motivations are actual motivations that uh, bring you pleasure and joy. So yeah, so the last two months have been a test for me to really, you know, because that's that's when you really face those things is when you're you're in the midst of it and all the the stick man pops up and well you should be doing this and you should be doing that and you should be doing all these other things, but yeah, it's it's kind of like setting that boundary and saying like I'm not going to work on this until this happens, and then really trying to stick with that boundary, mm-hmm. really trying to stick with that. But that's that's one version of dealing with boundaries with yourself. Most definitely. Diane also said, boundaries are something I've learned to set with other people, but it's an uncomfortable place sometimes. It can feel confrontational. Yes. Definitely it can. Most um, definitely. And that, that has to do with the fact that like, like again, you know, you're going to be different with your boundaries that you set with your parents versus your kids and your friends and your best friend and your bandmates and your, you know, other artists and stuff like that. Um, it's still the same boundary. The relationship is different, right? Because essentially when you are friends with somebody or anything, your relationship with somebody else is a matter of training. It's almost like training back and forth, right? You kind of, you, you kind of train this person to behave the way that they behave with you. And, you know, if they're a complete jerkwad, that's because you've allowed that transaction to happen. If they take up your time, that's because you've allowed that that relationship to happen. And so, like, then you step in and you're like, okay, well, I got to set some boundaries. The more far gone that that relationship is in this habitual way of being, the harder that that is because immediately it doesn't mean what it actually means, which is, Hey, I need more time for this. It means, well, this is the relationship we have. Now you want to change things. Mm-hmm. So, but it is necessary. Like you have to, you have to go in. If you want time to be able to work on art and somebody is used to taking up your time, you know, that's one of those things where it's like, you have to, I, I hate, 
using this uh, analogy, but it's almost like potty training a pet. Well, it is kind of. You know, like it, they're, they're repetition because people are going to push. You know, if you're like, hey, you know what? I do this from this time to this time so we can hang out after. Um, that time is going to come around. They're going to, you know, it's almost like pushing at that boundary to see what they could get away with. It's just, it's just the way that relationships are, especially if you've just set a new boundary that is the opposite of what they're used to. Mm -hmm. you know? So there's two sides of that coin, right? They either think they know you really well, and so they can kind of push at those boundaries, or they don't know you at all, and so they just don't know anything about what you do, and yeah. it's establishing. And there's a couple of pitfalls either way. So one is like, you just want a ghost right? You don't know what to say in response. You don't want to come across like a jerk face. You don't want to let somebody down. So the easiest thing to do is ghost or avoid responding. But I've found as someone who's working on this in real time, ghosting is actually the worst thing you can do for yourself because then it just like lingers in the brain jar and then it builds up and then you find yourself having imaginary confrontations. So ghosting is not the answer. And what I've also learned in real time is that over explaining is not the answer either, right? So it's like they don't nobody knows what you're doing and you could write a novel that's like, listen, I do this and I do this and I do this and I do this. I do this on Wednesdays, I do this on Sundays and so on and so forth. But ultimately no one cares. So I think it's a good practice to be concise also and to just be willing to say like I'm sorry, I can't make it to that, or I'm sorry, I can't commit to that. Most people aren't going to press you as far as why. But I think it's important to understand that no one knows what you're doing, and I think that's important for two reasons. Uh, we've been pressed recently to attend meetings for a committee that we're not actually part of on days that it's really well known to us in our community that we're doing this. We're podcasting right. or we're streaming or we're on Zoom calls. And while we've relayed this a handful of times, I don't actually expect anyone to remember that. So it's easy to get mad and feel like, well, you know that I blah, 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 blah on Wednesdays and Sundays. But in reality, everyone's living their lives and they don't remember or know what you have going on. And that's that's where reiteration comes in. Like you do have to reiterate, you know. Yeah. And really the way that I've the way that I've set it up for myself is the reiteration part is more for me, right? To really stand in my own footing and tell somebody like no, this is my time for, you know, like let's say that for example, a, a very common one is having time to create art, right? Mm -hmm. um, and saying like, no, this is, you know, hey, could we go to blah, 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 and they've asked you 50 times, and in your brain, your response, you get angry because you're like, I already told you, 2 o'clock, that's when I'm working on blah, 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 and you want to get mad, and realizing that like, people just don't care. So it's like, no, 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 that's, that's the, that's my work time. I'll be, I'll be in the studio for two hours. Oh, come on, man. It's like, dude, two hours. That's it. You want to wait till after or, you know, whatever. And, and really it's just kind of setting that boundary. And like Lee said, you don't have to make excuses for it. No. You know, if you come at me and you're like, Hey, I sent you an email 
And I'm like, I respond to emails between noon and one o'clock. Yeah. Right. That doesn't necessarily happen very often, but on rare occasion, I've had someone get disagreeable about the response time for like messenger, if you will. Um, and I, you know, I try to make it known, like, I don't check Messenger very often. Like, there's much better ways to get a hold of me. And that's, <laughs> and that's one of those ways that you set those boundaries with social. Because Diane says, I lose my joy when it comes to social media too much to keep track of. Mm-hmm. And again, that's one of those things, Diane, where you set those boundaries with that. You know, mm-hmm. my boundary is this, like, I very rarely check messages on social media um, if you want to contact me, I have a website, you especially know, if it's go time to my sensitive. website. Yeah. Go to my website because emails are something that I check daily. I don't have time to check, check your DM box every on every single DM box on social media every single day. Like that's just a lot of work. So until I figure out a way to automate that and make that a lot simpler, it's just not going to happen. And so like, you know, you got to set boundaries because there's only one of you, you know, there's only one of you. So like you can't do everything for everyone. You you just can't. You can't respond on point um, every single time. You can't you you have to be willing to set those boundaries a for yourself to begin with. Right. These are my boundaries when it comes to this. These are my boundaries when it comes to that. This is my boundary when it comes to people, certain people. There are certain people that you want to set specific boundaries with, right? Um, Based on your friendship with them and personality and all that stuff. Especially the ones that know you well enough to use tactics against you, which I want to talk about here in a minute. Um, or we can talk about it right now. We can talk about it. Let's let's get to Diane. She said, you're so right. I've been struggling with replying to people on social media too much to plow through and I have things to create. Yeah, you got to set those boundaries. When it comes to email, that was the biggest, the biggest one for me because I get emails from artists asking questions because they've watched the YouTube channel. I get emails from uh, spam emails. I get emails from the website. We get emails from customers that buy stuff. We get emails from people that are interested in um, commissioning, a, commissioning thing. a thing. We mm-hmm. get emails from uh, different people that want us to join associations or they want us to speak somewhere. Or, or be part of an event be, or donate art. <laughs> yeah. So like there, my inbox is constantly flowing in and... I had to set boundaries because like I realized that like I was checking it in the morning. I was checking it in the afternoon. I was checking it, you know, before lunch, after lunch, I was checking it before going to bed. And like, I can't, you can't allow yourself to be run by something. You're the one running it. I'm the one running my business and my, my email stuff. So like, you gotta be okay with whatever boundary you set. And like you said, you know, you're the one setting that boundary for yourself. So like you got to stick with it if you expect anybody else to stick with it. Yeah, most definitely. And 99% of the time you're going to have to repeat yourself. And I think the thing the thing that I over told myself and over and over you're going to have to repeat yourself. Yeah. And the thing that I've been telling myself cuz I've found myself frustrated in the in these kinds of situations where people are pushing at boundaries. Um, well, well recently, recently I was working, uh, you know, I'm working on the community website 
So we, you know, for anybody that's listening to this, if you haven't checked it out, the rogueartistcommunity.com website is up and running and it looks amazing. And a bunch of our amazing rogues have uh, gone there and, and they're there with us. But it was a behemoth of a site. Oh, yeah. And so, like, I literally spent day after day for a month and I'm still working on it. But, like, I spent all that time working on the site. Morning to night. Morning to night. And people were, like, reaching out for us to go and do other things, um, you know, and I, I remember just looking at, like, you know, a lot of times it's a message, looking at the message and being like, no, it's not going to happen. Yeah, some of it social, some of it organization-based. And I, w- I would go, we would go downstairs at the end of the night because Klee, uh, Klee and I would hang out and we'd talk about our day and stuff. And Klee, uh, Klee was very protective. I was very protective. <laughs> so when I would see something that was maybe pushing at Rafi, it was something he wasn't capable of dealing with in that moment. I did get a little mama bear And so the experience has been reminding myself that people don't know what's going on, even if you tell them, because they're living their own lives. And the mantra for me has been, you don't have to be mean. Don't be mean. Say what you mean. Don't be mean. Say what you mean. That's good. Yeah. I like that. Because so much of the frustration comes from not saying what you mean, trying to wear kid gloves with somebody, trying to sugarcoat stuff trying to avoid responding altogether, trying to over-explain yourself. All of those things can build resentment. So it's, don't be mean, just say what you mean. And I yeah. think that I think that a lot of that is because it's tied into, like, your personal sense of value, right? So, like, a lot of times we relate to things like, oh, you know, like, I'm really good at juggling a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, I'm really good at this thing. And so this organization needs help with this. So, you know, I'm their man. And then I set myself up because there's, you know, value attached to that. I set myself up to be in charge of something that I don't have time to be in charge of. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it, a lot of it really comes down to that having that sense of value with yourself and understanding like these boundaries are set because I do value myself, right? I don't have to jump through hoops for anybody or do anything that I don't really feel like doing simply because this person expects me to. And somehow, some way I've tied up my own sense of value to being helpful to that person. Mm -hmm. Diane said over explaining can be a way of justifying. Exactly. And we shouldn't be justifying our boundaries. No, exactly. No. Over explaining comes from like, you feel really crappy and maybe you feel like you should be doing this thing, but you're, you don't want to. And so you say too much to try to soften the blow. You just keep talking. And the worst is when somebody stays quiet, right? That's a total, by the way, that's a corporate power move. You don't say anything. The other person is talking, right? They're trying to explain something to you. And then they just keep talking because some people have a really hard time with dead air. Mm -hmm. Um, A really good boundary, a really good tactic to set up for yourself when somebody does that is say what you're going to say and then stop talking. Yeah. And then ask, like, you got anything to say to that? You know? Um, I experienced that recently and um, had to just sit you know, quietly through the uncomfortable silence long 
uncomfortable silence, multiple periods of it. Clee did really well. I was sitting there but during I held. that conversation and I was like, this is, this is <laughs> awkward. Like, why is this person not speaking? But it was a really good exercise yeah. for me. I have grown really comfortable with silence, especially where negotiation or that back and forth power struggle, if you will, is concerned. And so... It doesn't really get to me, even in extreme cases, but it can be very jarring if you're not accustomed to that. And that's the thing, like when we're talking about boundaries, you know, as an artist, we're talking about all the boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. You want to set boundaries when it comes to your pricing, when you're interacting with um, people, if you're doing a show, you want to set boundaries to like what's expected of you when you are set up next to someone else. You mm -hmm. want to set your boundaries at home as far as your creativity time. You want to set boundaries with work as far as your creativity time. You and know, especially you're... with opportunities. Uh -huh. Sometimes we can be so grateful for an opportunity that we're willing to like chuck all of our boundaries out the window just to participate. You said something really interesting yesterday when we were talking about, um, you know, we, we were all children at one point and we all interacted with different people. Being an artist, I was very shy, um, very awkward. Uh, I didn't have many friends. Same. And this idea, looking back at my past and this idea of almost like, you know, the moment that somebody pays attention to you, you're almost grateful to have a friend. Yeah, I framed it this way. As I'm, I'm evaluating all of this. Um, I realized recently, oh, I have a little bit of unwanted kid syndrome. And what I mean by that is same as Rafi. I didn't, I was qu uh, quiet and shy. I didn't get attention. I didn't have friends. So like I would bend over backwards for literally anybody that gave me the time of day, um, which means that I had friends who maybe weren't so great, um, didn't treat me so great. And into adulthood, you know, um, basically allowing myself to get steamrolled by people on many, many occasions because I was simply grateful for their approval, their friendship, their attention, their whatever. Um, and that opens you up to a plethora of manipulation tactics that folks can use to and, get you to do things. And it gets, it gets, that's where it gets really, really difficult to set up boundaries because if you're used to interacting with other people in a certain way, um, or you have these insecurities within you, right? Where like you're over explaining, you're, you're trying to justify why it is that you want to do this thing versus do this other thing because you think that the person is not going to approve. So like you're seeking approval, you're seeking validation, you're seeking all these things Th that makes it really, really difficult to set boundaries. Right. And that's where a lot of times, like you were saying, you, you find yourself getting upset when somebody, you know, you tell somebody like, listen, between two and four o'clock, this is what I do. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Hey, do you want to go get some lunch too? And then you want to get really upset, but that's only because, you know, we, we, from that place of insecurity, you want things to be easy when you don't care. You're like, no, I don't want to go get lunch. It's my art time. You know, like that's yeah. it. You don't even get angry about it. You're just very direct and like, no, we we could go later, but not right now. Right. Say what you mean. It, it's it's actually pretty easy to set boundaries. The difficult thing is maintaining them. Um, yeah. And and that's... Um, maintaining them is, again, you know, like, like potty training a puppy. You know, 
um, you don't have to be mean. You don't have to be a jerk to the puppy. Accidents but happen. But you also can't be like, oh, no. Oh, no. it's okay. <laughs> it's you okay. You can pee wherever you want. Go ahead and pee on the rug. That's fine. <laughs> Today is fine. It actually does work as, a, as an analogy. Yeah. Um, Kelly said, uh, that has happened to me also. I've always... I've always thought I was being helpful only to find out that I'm being used. It's, yeah. It's all too easy, and especially for like creatives who are oftentimes loners, um, who are oftentimes like the sensitive kids who, who do their own thing, right? Who grow up to be like thoughtful, creative adult humans who unfortunately can be easily manipulated until you start looking at it. And here's some common ones, right? They guilt you into it. Well, this isn't going to happen without you. Or I thought you blah, blah, blah. Or yeah. I was under the impression that you were going to blah, 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 blah. I mean, these are, we're talking about, we're talking about tactics that can be used on purpose. Or on accident. But in all honesty, these are, these are very normal ways to communicate with one another and i don't i don't think that a lot of times people are meaning to manipulate but sometimes they are you know and it's almost like we're all a bunch of children saying and doing whatever it is that we need to do in order to get our way mm -hmm. i you know? i totally understand that a lot of people mm -hmm. are fully unaware that they're utilizing a tactic a huge one is flattery flattery of your personal importance but Klee, but Rafi, you're the only one who can do this. I don't trust anyone else yep. to do this, right? So you set up your painting time and it's two o'clock and they're like, yeah, but I need you. Yeah. I need you. You're simply the best. And you're better than all the rest. <laughs> In those moments, I'm like, dude, <laughs> if I were dead right now, you'd figure this out. You'd find somebody else. Like there'd be someone else that you'd be like, I need you. Like. We, you, it could wait. You could wait. Another one is tapping into your personal history button or your dependability factor, right? But you always come through. Yeah. You always have. I rely on you. That's another big one. Kelly's like, what do you do if the person pushing boundaries gets angry because you don't want to do what they want? I have often Screw employed them. the, what would you do if I shuffled off this mortal coil? Yeah. Um, you would figure it out. Uh, yeah. I've employed that. It's often met with silence. <laughs> it's often met with silence. For me, it's not, it's not as, as whatever. For me, it's like, you are a grown ass blank. You can figure this out. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not your butler. I'm not your maid. I'm not your keeper. You are your own person. You got to figure this out. I do things for me. You do things for you. Figure it out. Esther's like, that's part of the manipulation because you've caved to anger before. That yeah, can absolutely exactly. be me. crying, <laughs> silent treatment, getting angry, all of those things, whether um, whether it's direct manipulation or it's unintentional manipulation, like that's how that person is used to navigating their end of the situation. Yeah, you gotta either way. You gotta remember, Kelly, when it comes to that stuff, a really hard truth to hear is that that's the relationship that you have catered. Have allowed to exist. You've allowed that relationship to exist. So there's a dynamic that goes back and forth, right? And think of it like rungs in a tier. So when things are going my way, I behave this way. 
with this person. And then if they push these boundaries, you know, I maybe my my tactic in the next tier is to just kind of like, you know, write it off like, oh, yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. Right. And then they're like, no, 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 I'm setting boundaries. And then comes tier number three, tier number three. Now I know that if I get angry, this person is going to cave. So my response, you know, it might, I might not even be getting angry on purpose. It's just what I'm used to. Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, that that's the reason that you hear these stories of like, you know, people going through the different layers of grief. The same thing happens with these layers of tactics. You know, it's like, first, I'm going to give you a compliment. If that doesn't work, then I'm going to get uncomfortably silent. And if that doesn't work, then I'm going to get sad or get angry. Yeah, I'm going to play the poor me, the, you know, there, there's something wrong with me. Like you always blah, blah. You know, like there are certain tactics and every for everybody, it's different. And you just have to recognize that relationship that you have back and forth. Yeah, like I'm, I, we all go through this, right? I'm recognizing it in myself, like back in the day and even still once in a great while, when met with confrontation, I would go into fight or flight mode immediately and I would either get mad or I would cry. One of the two. Right. Nothing in between. <laughs> or I would go silent. Basically, those are the three big ones, right? And it's like, well, that's training through repetition. So it's just a matter of self-awareness. And it's like Yellow Mel says, our perception might be of being used, but the other person may just have made a simple offer, thinks you wanted to accept. They have no idea. Exactly. They're not intentionally trying to push your boundaries. They're not trying to manipulate you. This is just the way that they communicate. And, and so and that's why being clear. Right. And not mean, have Be, compassion. Be, being clear, because what happens is a lot of times you avoid telling the, you don't want to hurt, I don't want to hurt the person's feelings, you know, because you think that telling them, hey, um, I'm busy right now with this. Like we can hang out later, but right now this, this matters to me. This is important. So I'm, I'm not going to go with you. But in our brain, we're like, if I tell them, I can't tell them that. I don't know how many times I've heard people say, I can't tell them that because I'll hurt their feelings. And I'm like, so you're going to lie to them. You're, you're just going to lie to them, which sets up the next dynamic, right? Because instead of telling them, no, I'm busy two o'clock. That's when I work on my art. You're like, oh, you know what? I'm not feeling good. Oh, I'm not whatever. So essentially what you're telling that person is like, okay, they're not feeling good. But if they were, they would go. Right. You're not setting a clear boundary. And that's what happens to mm -hmm. us when we are afraid to say something simply because we might hurt somebody's feelings. And I'm like, so you're willing to lie that to that person instead of just telling them the truth. Prime example. So and so is like, we need you to attend the meeting on Tuesday. And you're like, Ooh, sorry, I can't. I have a graduation party to go to. Silence. 30 minutes later, no problem. We've moved the meeting to Thursday <laughs> so that you can attend. Exactly. When really, you should have been just like, no, nah, I don't want to. No. It doesn't matter what day it is. You don't have to say that last part. But like being being unclear can really get you into think, situations. Think of how many times, instead of just saying, I don't feel like going. You make up some shit. You make up some stuff and then they change it around and then you end up having to go anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, like think of how many times. So if that's ever happened to you, 
feel like it's happened to everyone. Then you're not, you just weren't being honest, you know? And for whatever reason, you weren't being honest. And honestly, the nitty gritty of figuring this stuff out is getting to that point. Like, why wasn't I just honest? Why didn't I just tell them the truth instead of like, you know, oh, well, I can't. I'm like, yes, you can. Yes, you can. It's easier to say I can't than I don't want to. But I don't want to is sometimes exactly what you need to what say. What needs to be said. <laughs> Esther said, also, if this has been a pattern, one of... Once you set boundaries, the anger or whatever will get worse before it goes away. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, one of our rogues calls that like the final death thralls of the beast before it's slain. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, which I love. And yeah, it really is the case. Um it is. It is. Uh, things don't. You get. You got to think of. You got to think of habits as a living, breathing thing that will intensify. Right. Bad habits intensify before you let go of them, and it's when they're dying off that, like, they want. You know, it's almost like the way that I see it. It's almost like these habits are alive. And by you trying to get rid of them, you're basically killing it off. And so they're fighting. They're fighting, you know, with their last, with everything they have. Esther said, cue my interest in behavioral psychology. <laughs> totally. And I think that that's also something that us creatives are far more curious and interested in, um, is these kind of psychological things that happen behind the scenes, emotional things, and even philosophical things. Well, yeah, we spend a lot of time with ourselves when we're working mm -hmm. on, you know, when we're working on art, like you have to get in a place of flow where you're connected. And, you know, a lot of people spend their time busying themselves with this or that or watching TV or doing whatever it is that they can to not have to sit and think. And when you're enthralled in a in a work of art, like your mind is still active. When you're a thinking ass mofo, as I like to call it, this is where I circle back to like have compassion with people. Don't let them steamroll you, but understand that not everyone's got the same tools in nope. the toolbox. And sometimes being kind but direct is absolutely the best thing that you can do for someone. You don't have to get mad at them for what they don't know. And you don't have to be a doormat either. There's a happy medium to Here, be found. Here's the thing that's really important when setting boundaries, right? You have no control over the other person's response. They might get angry. They might raise their voice. They might throw a tantrum. They might leave, right? If you find yourself setting boundaries and expecting a certain response from them or telling them something and expecting them to respond a certain way, then you're setting yourself up to really, you know, emotionally deal with this thing. When you're setting boundaries or when you're having a conversation with somebody, you got to remember that like, these are your boundaries, right? You're the one setting these boundaries. Mm -hmm. And sure, depending on the relationship, you might want you know, there might be some back and forth. They might be like, well, what if blah, blah, blah. And then you could think about stuff. That's a healthy conversation to have. But if it is something where somebody just gets angry, there's no reason for you to avoid them getting angry. That's on them. And also you don't need to get angry. Truth. Like the emotions don't have to flow both ways. Sure. They get angry. It's like, all right, well now you're angry. 
Holler at me when you're done being angry. You're going to have to figure it out. (laughs) Um, It's all too easy to, like, get riled up when someone else does. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, it actually feels really good not to. Um, Diane said, I've caught my hubby in those kinds of senseless lies. He did it to a friend recently, and I asked him, why'd you lie? What was the problem with just telling him the truth? Yeah. And did you have an eye-opening conversation thereafter? Because it's those moments where we do something... And it's in the the retrospective observation of it, of like, oh, why do I do that? This never leads to anything good. Yeah. And I want to kind of segue and talk about this as it applies to the J-O-B, the corporate environment, the corporate side hustle, or the freelance contract work, because oftentimes it can feel like more is at stake there, and you can almost be like threatened into submission yeah. Um, for example, well, if you can't, I mean, that's sort of a contractual breach. You're not fulfilling your obligations, the expectations set forth, like working 80 hours a week when it said that you were only going to be doing 40 or 60 yeah. or with freelance work. Well, we're happy to, we're happy to go with someone else if you can't blah, 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 blah. Um, that's a huge power move. And sometimes it's like, well, good on you then. Go with someone else. And sometimes it's like, well, I can do this if you can blah, 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 blah. And so it's like maintaining your boundaries while being able to negotiate um, fairness for all parties is tricky. Well, I mean, mean, having boundaries and negotiation go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. When you know exactly what your boundaries are set at, then you are standing in your own negotiating power. Right. Because that's the problem. If you're going to take on a commission and you are desperate to take on anything. And they're like, oh, by the way, I need it tomorrow. And you have no boundaries (laughs) set. Then you don't you don't set yourself up to, you know, instead, then you're stressed out. One of my boundaries when taking a commission that I make sure is like I ask the person, are you familiar with my art? You know, um, take a look at my art because the art that I create, that's an example of what you're going to get. If in your mind you have, you know, some kind of portrait or something created by a different artist, and that's what you're thinking you're going to get from me, that's not what you're going to get. Here's an example of my work. And that's me setting a boundary of expectation. Like, I'm not going to try and kill myself to create something that I don't typically, that that's not me, that's not my style, in order to make a quick buck. You know? Definitely. So like, but that's a boundary that's set with me that I've set for myself. And on the flip side of that, and this one is hugely infuriating for me. And I think a lot of people who do commissions have experienced this one also. The boundary that says, no, you need to give me some kind of jumping off point as far as what you want. Because when someone contacts you and they're like, I just want whatever, just whatever. I just love your style. Just create whatever you want, right? And you're like, a sketch, a painting, a sculpture. For me, I'm like, a pendant, earrings, a ring. Like, what are we talking about here? Like, I make a lot of stuff. Just whatever, and I don't care about budget. Like, and you're like, literally anything in the universe falls into that category. And then it's it's like, it's too open-ended. Like, no, I need you to give me a modicum of direction as far as what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, and I've had to let commissions go because 
it turned out that the person just had no idea what they wanted. And you got to um, set you got to set that boundary to begin with. I've had people tell me that budget's not an issue. They don't something. mean that. <laughs> and then I'm like, uh, okay, so are we talking of you know a work of art maybe in the range of five thousand to ten thousand, um, lower than that or higher than that? Right. And it's you know for you being specific, like and and that's you got to be specific, and you got to be you got to be real. You got to be honest about stuff. It's like, well, this is, this is what my timeline is going to be. Um, you know, and sometimes they come at you and they're like, well, I need it earlier because I need it for this or I need it for that. And really you, you kind of deal with that on a base by a case by case, a case by case basis. But you really have to set the, you have to have those boundaries set up for yourself so that you know, which questions to ask. Right. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the time that the commission is going to take. What is the process of communication that you are going to have with that person? How many times are you going to contact them once a week and let them know the progress of the work or once a month? Um, How much? What is the budget? How many times are they going to be allowed to say, you know, I really don't like that and maybe change the design? Mm -hmm. And if so, are you going to charge them for that? Like, all of these things are things that you think about when you start setting boundaries in in the way that you do your business or the way that you interact with other people. You know, and, and for some people that, that might sound very businessy, but really it's because I value my time. I don't have time to do a hundred back and to forth. To do a hundred back and forth emails with you. Yeah. I, I just don't. Like I I wanna know what's going on now because I don't have I don't have that time to spend figuring stuff out and you're right that is on us to to be like here's how it works yeah. right and help and to help someone through that process to some extent and i've had it go the other way where it's like okay well let's let's just refine this a little bit let's um and refining is always part of the process um but it really does come down to us the creator to to kind of guide that and that's that's again that's setting boundaries you know you set boundaries Mm -hmm. these are the boundaries that i have set with people that contact me for commissions i know some people that don't have those boundaries set and then they get those spam emails from you know the the the, those i love your piece of work i love your piece of work and then they're like oh you know what should i and i'm like that's not real don't (laughs) don't fall for it um diane said someone asked me if i could draw a sloth um a sloth where on my website or social media do you see sloths lol i won't do something so far out of my zone right if sloths were in your wheelhouse you'd be all over it right kelly's like i would draw a sloth it depends they're adorable i know they're (laughs) they are adorable i probably would i have taken you know and it's funny because it's not really the subject matter i think for me it really has a lot to do with what my style is Mm -hmm. um so like one of the one of the paintings that i did last year one of the first paintings that came out of the new studio was a narwhal jumping over a live volcano with three red stars in the sky. And this was based on, it was like an inside story that these two people had. And she wanted to get her something from me because it was a person that really loved my, my art. So I was like, okay, well, that's great. She loves my art. What are we talking here? And she's like, well, it's a weird request. I don't know if you would take that i'm like all right well let me know you know hit me with it what is it and when she told me what it was immediately i was like 
I don't. I would have never come up with this on my own. Yeah. Best but request. I, I, this, I really want to, I don't know why, but I really want to create this thing. So like, you know, it really is person by person. If somebody came to me and said, could I, um, I don't know, a sloth, maybe I would challenge myself to do it because sloths are cute, like Kelly said. But, um, but then again, it also depends on where I'm at with my commissions list. If it's something where I'm like, you know what? I know a really great art. First off, I would tell them, you've seen my work. Do you see my work? Do you see my style? How I create things? I do. I use a lot of texture and stuff. The sloth may not look like a sloth because <laughs> I've never done one. So if you're willing to take that, then great. And and willing to wait, like you just said, sometimes it's just the wrong time. I had someone contact me during the holiday rush, like, could you make this thing? And I was like, oh, that's going to take me some time because it's something that's outside of my wheelhouse but is doable. And I was like, if you need it for the holidays, then I'm sorry. But if you can wait until the spring, then I would be happy to experiment and yep. see what my version of that looks like. I think I think that this is the reason that a lot of people have a really hard time taking commissions because I know that that's a very common conversation that artists have that you know well I don't take commissions because they're too stressful, um, and the truth is that like commissions have always allowed me to push outside of my own comfort zones, so like I always welcome the challenge, um, but I also have my boundaries set. There's a lot of commissions that I've said no to because I'm like, no, I didn't, I'm not going to spend my time working on this thing that I, you know, that doesn't make me feel good. Or That's it like a really grim. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and not or... to, not to say that there's anything wrong with that, but like my style of art is something where it's like, you know, it's overcoming. It's, 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 you know, there, there's a lot of light and empowerment involved um, I remember being approached by somebody who said that they wanted a painting in my splatter style of somebody shooting their brains out. And I was like, no, never going to happen. That's where I looked at it. You know, I pointed at my work. I was at, we had a big exhibition going on and I pointed at my work and I was like, does anything in here look anything or feel like that kind of work. He's like, yeah, but your stuff is so cool. I'm like, listen. Then they came at you with, well, money's not an issue. Yeah, money's not an issue. It. I'll pay anything for it. And I was like, yeah, dude, no. If you want, I can recommend some artists that that's, that's their jam. That's what they would take on. Um, but me personally, like, I, I'm just not there. That's not what, what I want to do. But that's because I have boundaries, right? So there are commissions that I'm willing to take. Plenty of, plenty of commissions, but there are commissions that, like, I'm not going to sit there and stress out over this thing. Like, I, I'm not going to take on commissions that stress me out. Agreed. Right? Without setting up, you know, if it's something that I'm like, I don't know. I'm very clear with the customer in the beginning. Like, listen, this might be a train wreck. Don't know if I can do it, but I'm going to try. Yeah, right? We'll see. Um, yeah, there's good stress. Like, I don't know if I can do this, but it's really cool and yeah. I'm going to try. And then there's like, no, I definitely don't want to do this. Um, corporate structure, the nine to five J-O-B or the whatever hours J-O-B, they can be some of the biggest, uh, proponents of making you feel pushed or yeah. squeezed. 
and the entitlement factor oftentimes with the J-O-B is through the roof. Like, I know a lot of you creatives have a job that they they don't know what you do outside of work. They, they don't maybe don't respect your you time. Do. Yeah, um, they think it's like whatever frivolous. It's a little, uh, it's a little hobby that she's she does. Yeah, she's you know whatever. And of course, everyone's got to navigate that corporate power play stuff um, in their own fashion. I have straight up quit jobs um, because they didn't respect my boundaries. I've quit a lot of jobs <laughs> that didn't respect my boundaries. Regardless of what those boundaries were, sometimes it's best to just walk away. Sometimes I've tried to have, you know, the conversation of like, this is what I need. Um, and like, can we have a dialogue about this? Um, but the corporate structure can be the most difficult to navigate yeah. when it comes to boundaries. And uh, at the end of the day, sometimes walking... So I take an extreme uh, angle of like, well, no job is worth it, you know. Um, I mean, it's, for me, that's my truth. But I, but I mean, it it really is, unless it's something that you love doing. Um, at the end of the day, like, it's not worth you. You should be able to set boundaries with the people that you work with and your boss. And unfortunately, a lot of a lot of the way that people interact in their job, it's almost like being an indentured servitude. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, people shouldn't be walking around on eggshells afraid that they're going to lose their job because they decide that they're going to disagree with something or that something, or, because they're... or that they, this, this isn't, this isn't within my pay range. Like I'm not going to take on extra responsibilities. I'm not going to work unpaid overtime for your business to be successful. I'm going to come here and I'm going to do my job. But don't expect me to do anything extra without compensation. That's how a job works. Yeah. But that's not the norm. People are used to using, you know, well, I pay you to do whatever. No, no, no. You pay me specifically to do my job, right, while I'm here. You don't pay me to take work home and you don't pay me to do. And, and I stand very firm in that because of the fact that in my corporate life, I did all those. I took work home. I cared too much. I worked 80 hours a week. You worried I, about stuff. I worried about stuff, you know, like, and, and it's just not worth it. It's not worth it because you got to let go or you quit or whatever. And then that's it. That chapter is done. And it doesn't even leave an impact in your life. Right, it doesn't give you purpose or fulfillment. No. Um, it's different. Like, if you have a career that you love and it gives you purpose and fulfillment and maybe it's a little demanding, but you love it, that's a whole different yeah. story. But a soul-sucking job that you have solely because it pays the bills and you don't want to be there, like, there's a bunch of jobs. You gotta, <laughs> and you gotta, And you got to set those boundaries with those jobs, with that job. Basically, you gotta you you have to remember the art that I do. This is my job, right? That's the boundary that you set within yourself. My art is my job, right? Fine, I'm not making any money with it yet, or maybe I'm not making enough money to support myself. But my art is my job. This other thing that I do is a corporate side hustle. I am never going to allow my corporate side hustle to take time away from what I do. 
right? Because that's easy. It could easily just keep happening. And then, Oh, it snowballs like you know, it crazy. Snowballs. Yeah. And, and I, I would, I, it's bold to say, but I would say where there is opportunity for snowballing as far as corporate taking advantage of their employees, it will happen. Oh, yeah. Like it's not a maybe yeah. or a probably. It, it will happen. <laughs> um, and so it's important to be like, I'm going to try to set boundaries. And if that's not a possibility, then I might have to walk away. Yep. But at least be clear in what you need or what you want or what it's going to take to keep you there. Um, once you've decided that you're willing to walk away, your negotiating power increases. Trust me. I <laughs> I basically, if any of you have watched Office Space, that was ba that was me towards the last few months of my employment like like things were just falling into place and i barely did anything and i was like that's weird that's weird i'm getting recognition for stuff and i like i'm not actually doing anything diane said uh i don't draw animals i'm more abstract and geometric with my drawings i have very specific genre if you will but sloths are cute when someone else draws them. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Kelly said, you are in charge of commission. Artist needs to say when it will be done. Yes, yes. Yeah. And if you need to extend a time, you can. You're the one working on it. Mm -hmm. You know, I've told people, I'm like, well, I could try and get it to you by the deadline that we set. Um, is there any way that we could move that deadline? Because honestly, the quality of the painting is what really matters to me. And I'm realizing that I need to spend more time with it. And no one has ever, ever, right, ever said, no, just get it done fast. I don't care about quality. I'll take the shittier work faster. Yeah. No, no one wants that. Yeah. It really is up to us as the artists to build the framework of the commission. Yeah. Every part of it. Every part of and it. And I acknowledge that uh, when a commission goes sideways, like if there's a failure to communicate, it's on me. What we like, have here is a failure <laughs> to communicate. Um, and, you know, sometimes sometimes a client is hard to work with and maybe you're just not compatible with a client. You know, that can happen too. Um, but I usually let those kind of like... Just fade into fade oblivion. Fade into oblivion, yeah. Yeah, sometimes, it <laughs> sometimes both parties realize like, oh. Just I don't. I don't want to work with and you. And that's cool too. But yeah, I, I have. I have made note of times where I failed to set up parameters, and it bit me in the arse later. You know, um, but we get better as we go. Yep. Kelly said, um, "Unless you're like me, that gets most of commissions from people seeing my art hanging at my side hustle, yes. which is hella lucrative." I mean, that that is an awesome, awesome move. Uh, it was something that I did. You, know, I wish. I wish I could go back in time and be who I am now when I was working my corporate side hustle because I would have totally taken advantage of selling the art in the space that I was in. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't. I was very insecure and um, just, you know, well, my, my job was to jump through hoops. Anyone who's read um, the Rogue Artist Survival Guide knows the story yeah. of when you did yeah. try to show your art. Yeah, I, it wasn't it wasn't good. I, I was I was a different person back then. Yeah, well we all grow. <laughs> Diane said I've stayed at jobs when I should have walked away and they don't respect you for the sacrifice. Your boundaries are not their problem. You are expected to not have personal boundaries. Yeah, yeah that's a toxic work environment and it's really unfortunate that so many of those work environments are that way and that it's just become the norm and that 
like if you don't have a life outside of your job, if you only pretty much have time for your job, your domestic arts, right? Taking care of your family and household and sleeping, like that's not a good yeah. work uh, arrangement, but it's become the norm it to is... have to give so much more than you get in return in the corporate world. And that's that's just not, that's not how it works. And that's I, not how it should work. I could rant um, for a long time on yeah. that. That's so, a whole other podcast. Well, this, I, I think this conversation was good. I think we are at time. Indeed. And this was a great conversation about setting boundaries. It's something that we wanted to talk about because, you know, it's the beginning of the year and Clee and I right now are, are in the process of setting boundaries. With it's, family, with, with friends, with the community. With everyone. <laughs> everyone. Uh, but, you know, and it's important because you, when you get to a place where you're relaxed about it, you don't set unreasonable boundaries either, you know? It's really, really easy to get upset with somebody and be like, well, this will never happen. You know, like you, you gotta, you gotta be even keel when you're doing it and you will be even keel when you start to realize, wait a second, I'm the one that's in control here. I get to decide, I get to choose. And if somebody gets upset, that's, that's on them. That's on you, mm -hmm. dude. You know, you want to have a conversation with me? Let's have a conversation. You're going to get mad and yell. I don't have time for that. And that's one of my boundaries. I don't have time for drama. I don't have time for bullshit. You want to get mad about something and scream and throw a tantrum? I just don't have time for that. I'm sorry. And, but that's because that's a place where I'm very firm on, on my boundaries and where I stand. So I think it's really important to take a look at every interaction just as you go and decide like, is this something where I need to set boundaries? Because if you do, it will be very clear to you that setting boundaries uh, will help you avoid certain situations that you don't want to find yourself in again. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was awesome. That yeah. was awesome. Thank you guys so much for being here and hanging out with us. Um, the rogues are amazing. And I always love reading your comments and stuff. The insights and the yeah. questions. Yeah, it's great. And thank you so much to everybody out there listening or watching this. Uh, you guys are absolutely amazing. And if you like this and you want to listen to more like this, go ahead and click somewhere around here to subscribe. And that's it. You want to say goodbye, Clee? Good day. Adios. Adios.